George Pickens had a very exciting year as a, as a rookie for the Steelers, but how does he avoid a sophomore slump like we've seen from other guys who've had great rookie years like Chase Claypool? We'll talk about that and take some of your questions here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jeff Hathorne from 93.7 The Fan. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And we're joined today by Jeff Hathorne. He's back on the show. We're glad to have him back. He's from 93.7 The Fan. You can get all of his work on there. Jeff it's great to have you back, man. We only got a couple more weeks before we started got start baking in the sun here. So, uh, but I'm happy to have you back to talk before then. Yeah, I'm ready for these like back to camp sales. Like we need to have those type of sales. Like get the stuff. I'm sure the gear. If you go into Latrobe right now, I guarantee you, gear is set out because fans are getting ready to get out there again. And I mean, it was a lot of fun last year to see it back full. Yes, and I know, and I know for us, let's let's be real. This is the time where we can report everything we see. Yes. We love it. We love this couple of weeks. We do, we do love that. There's no holding back about who beat who in practice. We can say who we see with our own eyes. That's a big part of the excitement of training camp. But I want to get into this topic with you, Jeff, because – there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement around George Pickens, and rightfully so. He earned it with the way that he played this this past year. Um, he he finished with 801 receiving yards on 52 receptions, uh, 84 targets, and he was a true playmaker. He had he had he also had four touchdowns uh, through the year, even uh, um, and he was and even one on the ground. But he was a true playmaker, and you saw promise there. But Jeff, the Steelers have had. A few guys show promise in their rookie season and then kind of pitter patter a little bit after that. And for different reasons, um, you know, but I, I want to recall, because here's the thing we look, we, we talk about George Pickens. He's a second round pick. The Steelers have made a lot of picks just like him over the past five, six years here. You think about George Pickens in the 2022 draft, second second round wide, rece- wide receiver. You think about uh, uh, Chase Claypool in the 2020 draft, second round wide receiver. You think about Deontay Johnson in the 2019 draft, early third round wide receiver, almost a second rounder sne- sneaking in there. The 2018 draft, James Washington. The 2017 draft, Juju Smith-Schuster. All of those guys in the same sort of ilk. And each of them had more of an exciting point to their career. I will say James Washington is probably the one that kind of not as much as the others on that list. But I, I look at this and I I think comparing his, historically wise to that group and looking at what George Pickens did last year, what do you need to see from George Pickens to not fall into pit that some of those guys did? Deontay Johnson, not as much because he had a really good second year as to Juju, right. but maybe Claypool specifically not having a rough second year like he did. Well, I'm hoping that he's working now and has been working all offseason to develop that consistency because that's what you, you see the spurts. And you saw that from Claypool, especially that rookie man. Wait till this guy. And it's like he didn't take the next step. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying he didn't work hard, but for whatever reason, it didn't it, it just didn't elevate. 
That's right. got to be George. I mean, George only caught 61.9% of his passes last year. Like that's got to be a better number. And, Great. and that's, and that's done now as much as it is during camp, as much as it is during practice during the season. And obviously in games that prep starts now and some of it's mental, some of it's, you know, making sure he knows everything in that playbook. Uh, Cause George Pickens is a huge key to this offense. He is. Um, but I think that work, is now and you know some with Kenny, but is he studying? Is he watching other defensive backs? Is he other watching other receivers? What is the level? How much is he sinking himself in uh, to succeeding this year? And that will, that will play out in what we see on the field. I, I agree. It will play out. We'll get to see his improvement. And we talked to him a little bit in OTAs and mini camp. And one thing that he brought up is he's trying to get more yards after the catch. And by doing and to get there, he wants to get more separations in his route. And George Pickens is a guy who he made a lot of those plays without getting separation. He, in fact, it was like one of the one of the the noted according to all the advanced metrics. He was one of the worst at getting separation last year, but he was the best at winning the combat catches and pulling down the tough passes. But that sixty nine percent part. Mark, that you talked about that or that, that you did as far as his catching and trying to and, and bringing those in that would be higher if he didn't have to deal with as many combat catches that's a great rate for combat catches and when you that's have right. to go battle guys but when all of your catches have to be combat catches it makes it that much harder and also that much more likely that the defensive that the defense makes a play on the ball and that's something that i think that the Steelers with a young Kenny Pickett also wants to see kind of removed a little bit from their game. Yeah. And he doesn't need to catch it at 70% like Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he needs to make that level of improvement. And obviously the, where the throw is, there's a lot that goes into being a receiver. Um, but I think he can get himself more open. I think he can work on that strength, work, work on that hand strength, be able to create some separation. And then it goes back to those crisp routes. I think sometimes guys in college, uh, even at a Georgia, mm -hmm. can rely and get away with their athleticism, and they're not as crisp as they need to be. I think now is the time for him to take that next step because, I mean, I think with Claypool, I think he, he was in great shape, but I think he mm -hmm. rested on that athleticism and didn't take the next step as a wide receiver. You know, and, and I'll be I'll admit last year at camp, I was full. Brandon Marshall was in there. He was talking to him. You thought, mm -hmm. OK, this is going to be a big year. And it just didn't translate. Uh, we'll see how it translates. You know, what kind of imp improvements, what kind of success we see from George this year? No, I, I agree. It's, I agree. It didn't take for, for Claypool last yeah. year as the third year guy. And, and that's why they were able they were to trade him. Now, I will say this, his work in his rookie season and in the, the highlights he put together was why the Bears were like, we're interested in that guy and maybe pair him with Justin Fields yeah. to help his development. And Chris, I, I think this is where Allen Robinson comes into play, mm. not just for a guy that can go down the slot and, and make some plays, potentially have a bounce back season, um, but a guy who can be in that room someone that George could come up to after a team meeting or on the side or say, Hey, can I come over for dinner and just like pick his brain. And Robinson seems so amenable to he's at that point in his career after 10 years, like I'm ready to tell some secrets. I'm ready to help out. And hmm. I think guys will respect me because of, you know, where I've been. Robinson, I think could be, you could look back at all the different ads, say Amalu um, guys that they brought over in free agency. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson might be the most important to this team. He might be because they do need a guy to kind of set that to set that tone. 
Um, and, and I think that that's something that they're definitely going to be um, look looking at for, looking for from him, even more so than his play on the field there. I want to talk more with you about the challenges that are before George Pickens. And again, relating it back to what we've seen from other guys, because also it's a unique position where he is in the offense. Whereas when Juju Smith-Schuster came along, his second year was 2018 when Ben Roethlisberger was throwing all over the field and Antonio Brown was still on the roster. Chase Claypool's second year was Ben Roethlisberger's last year. James Washington's second year uh, was was uh, 2019 when it was Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges and Deontay Johnson's second year uh, was the 20, was the COVID year when it was, so it's all it's all over right. the place with the different experiences and George Pickens through all of that might have the most unique with the Kenny Pickett situation as that, as that develops we'll talk about that more on the other side of this break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast I'm your host Chris Carter with Jeff Hathorn from 93.7 The Fan. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors, eBay Motors, who have sponsored this episode. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football's host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit fantasy picks of the week when on the clock for the first overall pick in the 2023 fantasy drafts it's okay to get downright giddy about doing the gritty that means picking vikings wide receiver justin jefferson is a guaranteed fit over the past two seasons jefferson led the league in both receptions and receiving yards he will remain a dominant number one target and a monster when it comes to getting those targets jefferson is a guaranteed fit to ignite the rest of your fantasy football lineup toward winning success with ebay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle available right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay. Guaranteed fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jeff Hathorn of 93.7 The Fan. Jeff, um, looking at some of the things here, before we get to all the other receivers, I'm going to pull up an image here. And this is from this. – I've brought this up on the show before, but I wanted to bring it up all with right. you. Uh, this is from Reception Perception, a website that tracks route percentages and successes in routes as far as getting open. And I brought this up before – but a lot of the routes, if you look on the success by route chart, which is on the left part of your screen here, um, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, but a lot of the most successful routes for Pickens were the deep balls, the nine route, the post route, corners, the out routes. But the places where he struggled to get open more consistently, dig routes, curl routes, slant routes, all the inside routes that required a little bit more footwork to get that kind of separation, also the comeback route. And I think that kind of illustrates what we're talking about here 
if he was in a position where his speed could outrun somebody, he would outrun them. But when, when he was in a position where they, it wasn't much much about speed, but about making sure he's framing his, his routes correctly, getting in and out of his breaks so that defenders couldn't jump on what he was trying to do, that's where his weaknesses came. And if he shores those up, it opens up, if you look at the chart here, three red arrows pointing to the middle part of the field. That could be a big part of opening up the middle part of the field. So I, I've got a really easy um, solution here. Throw it deep. <laughs> you, you, you got Robinson, you got Deontay Johnson, you got Fryermuth to run the middle of the field. Throw them deep. Throw them deep. Just let, here, let here Pickens do that. George, <laughs> this is the deal. You, you go down here and you go here and over. Like that's that's your play. Like that, yeah. I mean, you see that post. That's why we call it a post. You go here, you go a little bit, and then you cut across. I'm going to get you, you the go. ball there. Um, I mean, really, yeah, should he improve that? Yes. Does that, to your point, include footwork? And would you like him to be a threat on third down because of his hands to be able to make those type of catches? Sure. But I would hope that the Steelers coaches would look at that and say, all right, it's year two. Let's not confuse him too much. Let's get him to perfect those deep balls because we've got guys that can catch it over the middle. Um, and I think that that stat just, just shows it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with telling George basically to go deep. Yeah, you I, want a I couple of things here and there. Um, and you want to be able to sell like a, you know, a hitch and go or or pause and go, whatever you want to call it. Um, but if the guy excels at going deep, Let don't overthink deep. it. Throw <laughs> deep. I hear you on that. Let's also now let's look at this chart here that I got from uh, sports uh, from Pro Football Reference uh, when I look use their stat head. Now this is a comparison of all those wide receivers I named, including George Pickens, Juju, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington, the second and early third round picks over the last six years or so that the Steelers have made have made picks. And this is just a comparison of their stats uh, in their first two years. Not 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 anything past. But when you look at where guys where guys were at the end of the second year juju was obviously the one that had the biggest numbers because his second season he just went ballistic with ben roethlisberger and antonio brown and that crew in in 2018 but you look at the things that the other the other guys were able to do deontay johnson getting to 1600 yards chase claypool getting to 1700 yards where do you think if after a year's another year's time george pickens is in among the this group because you see Juju with 2300 plus Deontay Johnson with 1600 Chase Claypool with 1733 he's gonna he's gonna easily pass James Washington who had 952 yards right. after those years but also I think another important thing to look at the receptions per yards uh yards per reception excuse me when you look at the at, at the rate there James Washington was kind of a deep ball guy a little bit for the Steelers because he had 15.9 yards per catch. George Pickens, to your point about the deep ball, is the closest thing to him with 15.4 yards. I also want to point out Juju Smith-Schuster through two years averaged 13.9 yards per yards per catch. That is uh, just spectacular on his, on his part, just uh, for all our 13-niners out there. <laughs> Bam! Shout out to my boy Adam Crowley. Tell wow. Adam Crowley what I did. Wow. All right, All right, this one's for Crowley. After watching James Robinson, or or excuse me, James Washington against Pitt, like you would have oh, thought that he would have been better, yeah. right? I mean, he did and, and, and here's the crazy so thing with Washington: he seemed to have better rapport with Ben than he did with Mason. 
which is so crazy. Which I don't, I don't, I don't get. I don't, I don't know why. Listen, I, I'd like to see him around Claypool's number. Get a, around a thousand yards this year. I think that's very doable in this offense. Uh, see that, you know, if he can get that yards per reception. And if you look at the last five games, Pickens' yards per reception, or mm-hmm. were four yards higher than at any point previously in the season. And what do you know? They were four and one over the last five games of the season because he was able to get deep. They were giving him some more opportunities. They were getting a few chunk plays. Still, we're leaving a lot of points on the board. I'm not saying that. But if you can get Pickens a thousand yards this year and five, six, seven, eight touchdowns, I know people are going to say, oh, man, I don't think that's pie in the sky for George Pickens. I think that's I think absolutely so. doable because I think there are some other options. And if the Steelers continue that ground game that we saw last year, defenses are going to have to pick. And if then George can get a couple, like we were saying earlier, if he can then get a couple downfield, then it's really going to make the defense like, oh, man, like where do we go? We can't give up this deep ball, but we got to crowd the line of scrimmage because Najee's killing us. Right. That That's when you start seeing this offense. That's when you could see what Matt Canada can really do as offensive coordinator. Now, I think it's also uh, down to a character that we've that we've kind of talked over a little bit here, but it's Kenny Pickett. Can Kenny Pickett be there? And I think a big part of that, and you're right, the yards per reception did go up towards the last part of the season uh, for George Pickens. He averaged over 20 yards per reception in three of his last five games uh, when, when you look at what he was doing for the Steelers. And part of that I also think was Kenny Pickett was having more belief in him being able yeah. to do those things and also believe in himself to pull those plays off. And that, to me, is a huge part of what the Steelers do need because as much as they need to improve their red zone percentage, as much as they need to be able to run the ball, it helps to have a home run hitter. Just And you don't need to hit home runs every game, but you know, once every three games – have a, well, once every four games have a play where you, Kenny Pickett throws up a bomb. George Pickett pull George Pickens pulls it down and takes it for a fifty yard play or a touchdown. And that you get some, when you get some easy scores that you don't have to grind your way for. It makes those other scores that much easier. Yeah, and Chris, you know, I kind of equate last year's offense up until the end of the season as a don't fumble, don't turn it over, or let's play not to lose. And it seemed like in the last couple of games. And, and obviously there were some fourth quarter comebacks where they didn't have a choice, uh, but they played more aggressively. Like they were playing to win, to dictate terms, to set a tempo instead of just, Hey, let's, let's not. And this comes from Tomlin. Let's not turn this over. Just, just do those things. Mm-hmm. Get us 17 points. and We'll try to get the defense uh, to win us a game. Like I get that philosophy, but I think towards the end, you started to see them like, Okay, we're starting to yeah. get the line of scrimmage. Like we're going to start dictating terms. And when you, well, I mentioned Sayamalu, when you look at, at some of the, you look at that line this year and mm-hmm. more experience with Fryermuth and Pickett and Najee uh, and even Deontay uh, and and George Pickens, I like what this offense potentially could do as far as being more aggressive and not uh, allowing, not just not turning it over and taking what the defense gives but forcing your will on an opponent. I agree. 
because when you're setting the tone offensively, because because of your balance, when you can set that tone, it makes things so much easier across the board. Like for example, the Steelers passing offense will, you know, probably won't be its sharpest next year, even with Kenny Pickett's experience. There's going to be a rapport that needs to be built, chemistry that needs that needs to take place. But if the run game and the passing game are finding ways to win, that's when that balance makes it harder to cover both, and it opens up opportunities for each part of it. Those are the best offenses, unless you just have Patrick Mahomes and you can just throw the ball 50 times a game and just win. But you, you you go back and you look at what the Eagles did that was special. It wasn't that Jalen Hurts was always just being a maniac and throwing the ball everywhere. It was the, it was a balanced attack that they used Miles Sanders in a running game that forced you to honor a lot of different things that they did. And that's, I think, where the Steelers want to be long term with this offense. When they got behind the Steelers a couple of times in that game, especially the one behind Minka, don't you think they were thinking about 12 other things other than mm-hmm. the guy behind them? Like, mm-hmm. okay, Hertz could run. They could dump it off yep. to Sanders. Like, we got yep. – and when all that happens, good things happen for the opposing offense. It would be nice to see the Steelers. They haven't done that since maybe A.B.'s last full year uh, where you felt like Roethlisberger was out there just picking yep. teams apart. I know they had that great start a few years ago, but even then it wasn't like it was – especially when you go back to Lev, when they had Lev and AB, like teams are like, damn. And Ben was just going out there and going. Mm -hmm. And because he had the ability also to hand it off and have success. And because the line was playing at probably the best that that group was playing, he didn't have to worry about being on his back or running for his life. Agree. There were, there were so many factors there, and it's going to play into how Kenny Pickett does this year. And I think George Pickens, his numbers, like I said, the uniqueness of where he's at, all those other guys, they were dealing with Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges or a prime Ben or an old Ben, but he's dealing with a young Kenny Pickett in his second year. I'll be, I think it will be very intriguing to see where it goes from there. We have another topic to discuss. In fact, a call to take from our from one of our callers who called in to the show. We'll address that in just a minute here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Jeff Hathaway from 93.7 The Fan. We'll be right back right after this. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jeff Hathorne of 93.7 The Fan. Jeff, uh, we have our call line that we always take calls from. We try to get to them when we can here. Remember, if you're new to the new to the show, it's the call number is 412-223-6644. If you call, leave your name, where you're from, and and, and keep your question under a minute. I will get you your, your question on the show. But we sometimes we get stacked up with a lot of different calls. So what we do to guarantee that people can get on the air, if you want to donate to our efforts, we're raising money for a charity, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, where we're fighting a disease that impacts tens of thousands of Americans every year. We're raising money for them to help find a cure for this disease. If you donate at least $10, you will be guaranteed to hear your question on the air as soon as possible when, when it comes to the Locked on Steelers podcast. But without further ado, let's get to our friend Quinn from Toledo who had All some right. questions about special teams. Hey, Chris, Quentin Jackson here from uh, Toledo, Ohio. My question is about special teams. I'm just wondering where you think we're at with them. Uh, obviously, in Boz, we trust, but he's coming off of a rough year. Uh, Presley Harvin has been very inconsistent and really don't even know who we're going to have returning the ball for us this year. Thank you. Thank you, Quinn. We appreciate your we appreciate your question. Remember 412 
844-844 to call in uh, for the Locked On Steelers hotline here and get your question on the air. Jeff, let's start with the first part, and let's talk about Chris Boswell. Now, Chris Boswell is in a, is in a unique position because – he did have a struggling year last year, only made 71.4% of his field goals. That's the second lowest kicking percentage that he's had as far as field goals in his career. But it's, it, the, the first lowest was 2018 when he made only 65%, and a lot of people counted him out then and said, oh, yep. he's done. Kickers don't rebound. Just go get a new guy. And then the, over the next three years, he kicked a 93.5%, 95%, and 90%. As as for on on field goals, basically being you know he's no one's Justin Tucker, but he's pretty doggone accurate and one of the like, I think he's in that level right below him. What's your confidence that Chris Boswell does get a bounce back year in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I mean, if anyone could ever figure out kickers fully, like nah. we, we'd be lying unless you're Justin Tucker, <laughs> who's just like this this freakish athlete that just mm-hmm. does everything and makes every damn kick. Uh, I, I would say this. I think back to your point on 2018, like I believe Boswell, I think there were some injuries that he was dealing with that affected him. And then I think that lingered into his mind where maybe he didn't trust himself in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, you're not going to have a great year every year. I'm not making excuses, but I do believe that we've seen enough good from him uh, that I think Boswell will indeed bounce back. But, you know, doesn't hurt to have a camp leg just to make sure guys are doing what they need to do, that they're making their preparations. And there was nothing that probably you would say the same thing. Nothing that I saw in OTAs that made me worry about Boswell. It made me think he wasn't taking it seriously. Um, I expect him to come out and have a big year. Same here. They, they, they did bring in rookie kicker BT Potter just for camp. Like you said, yeah, a camp Wake. leg. Yeah. Um, Wake. I think it's Clemson. One of the ACC Wake or Clemson. ACC. Yeah, long if you ain't pit, we don't know you. Uh, but, <laughs> but 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 in all seriousness, that, that that is one of those camp legs, and not even as much for a challenge for Chris Boswell, but more so like so he doesn't have to do all the kickoffs and stuff when they need stuff during right. training camp and things like that. But I'm right with you. I think Chris Boswell, he's a professional. He's a guy that's been ultra consistent in his, in his career for the most part. If there's something wrong with him, we'll we'll get to see that. And if it's the end of the road, it's the end of the road. But like one thing I remember, I made this point back in 2018 when he was struggling and the rumors were that, that there might be something physically wrong with him, but we weren't sure. And there were people out there that made this, this notion that, Oh, kickers don't ever recover from bad years. Once they have bad years, they're done. And I was like, statistically, where are you pulling that from? Like, are you just picking some random kickers who just messed up and then we're done after that? Sure. Yeah. Like Mike Vanderjack missed a kick against the Steelers and then was never seen again or whatever, but that's not everybody. And I think that when it comes to Chris Boswell, he has earned the right to earn his, to, to prove, whether he is or isn't still one of the best kickers in the league. So that's there. But let's let's get to the second part of the question, yep. and that's Presley Harvin and punting. Now, Presley Harvin's a different situation. Presley Harvin has yet to prove that he can be a consistent punter in the NFL. Just last year, which was better than the year before, uh, but he averaged 44.5 yards per punt. That was good for 28th best in the NFL. That's not a good situation to have on your on your hands there. And this is a guy who, and Jeff, you and I, we covered Pitt. I mean, I don't know if you remember that Georgia, that Georgia Tech game. Pitt would pin Pitt, the Georgia Tech down at the five yard line all these times. And then Harvin would boom the ball. There were like about five punts that went like 60, 70 yards or something like that and flipped the field for the Yellow Jackets. And when they, when the Steelers drafted that guy, I'm like, oh, well, if they're getting that leg, they're good to go. But Jeff, we haven't seen that leg. And sure, 
he's been through a lot, lost his lost his grandmother, lost his father all within a few weeks of each other in his rookie season. And that definitely has an impact on on you uh, when you're when you're when you're a family oriented person. But he's got to show it this year or there's going to be some trouble because the Steelers went and got Braden Mann in free agency. And he was a guy who ranked 17th in punting with 46.9 yards per punt last year. Yeah, they didn't just get some random guy from an ACC school, like the <laughs> place kicker. Like they got a guy who's done it, who's done, who's had success at it. And even if this only presses him in practice, remember it was was the last year the the walk on guy, the kicker that they had is only mm-hmm. twenty six. I can't remember his name. I apologize. But like he pressed him, and, and he yeah. he pushed him during the year. And there were times you wondered, I wonder who's going to get the hat. Like like who's the it better was a legitimate guy? question. Right, and, and and I know Presley's dealt with some stuff mentally, uh, but he's got to come out. I, I'm not saying this year. He's got to come out here in a couple of weeks. He's got to earn this job point. in camp, or he's not going to have a job. Like, there aren't options anymore. And, and I think – I'm trying to say this delicately. Like, he hasn't come in where you look at him physically and say, wow, like, he's in great shape and has taken this seriously. Like – He's a big dude. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's not svelte. And right. I wonder if coaches look at that and say, man, how many chances, like, we love to see you come in instead of at 250, 255, whatever he right. might be, like, come in at 225. I, I, and I, I'm not saying that ultimately decides how you kick, but I would think in that position, like, the fewer pounds you're carrying is probably – better and i think that's uh, you know again i'm speculating but it just seems to me that if you just looked at him you in, if you're a coach and you see all these guys that go through all these off-season things and body changes and and weight add weight subtract and Preston just hasn't had that maybe he will show up at camp and you'll go wow look at this dude like he's ready for this battle I'm right with you. They, that would certainly help his case. I And you, you mentioned this about kickers before. I don't know how punters punt. I don't know what makes a great punter. I, but I know what great punting and bad punting is when I see it because we can see the results. But I have no idea what goes into the, the makeup of that. And maybe it is, you know, being a little bit better in shape if Presley Harvest is because everyone called, called him the chunky punter because he was a little bit bigger. Um, but, I mean, hey, he was big in college when he was booming them. And, and that's it's one of those that's things fair. where – like. Like, like I don't, I, and again, the, the, the nuances of punting and kicking, I'm not, I've never, something I never learned when I tried to study it. I was like, I, I don't get it. But like, that's one thing when it comes to translation from college to pros that I've always been like, what, what's the difference? You know, you're kicking the ball. There's, you're not competing with anybody else. You know, maybe the NFL guys are getting there a little bit quicker, I guess, if, if that's a thing, but you need to be able to punt the ball, punt the ball. And that's what Presley Harvin, he, he's got to show that. And, and it's got you're right. It's got to be training camp. Chris maybe is overthinking it. Maybe you he know, is. Maybe, maybe all this, maybe that's what he just needs to do is just worry about going out and kicking the damn ball and quit, quit some of the other things. But here's the thing. When you get into the NFL, it's not just about kicking it. It's setting up your coverage. And in mm. and, and college too, you're setting up your coverage, your directional kicking. Um, you're pinning somebody deep. You're trying to get high hang time. Like there's more to, that goes into it. You know, you're, you're coughing corner. You, maybe you drop the ball a little differently because you're, you know, close to midfield. I mean, there, there are a lot of different things you've got to deal with. And I know you deal with it at college, but mm-hmm. in the NFL, it gets real because it's the last level you're getting paid to do it. 
And if you don't do it, they're going to find somebody that will. I agree. Let's get to the last part of uh, Quinn's question here. And that was about uh, the, the return position. Now, last year, that was a bit of a muddled mess. Gunnar Olszewski came in and, you know, fumbled away the Patriots game. There were a lot of issues there. But this year, I think you have some interesting candidates. Calvin Austin, I think, has to get a look here. Absolutely. His speed, his explosiveness, it's going to make him an instant weapon as soon as he gets on the field. But I also think there could be guys like Alfonso Graham, the, the, the HBCU kid they got out of Morgan State, and he came into camp. Quick, shifty, speedy guys. I get that you want a possession receiver back there who's not going to fumble the ball, but let's face it. They've been trying that with guys like Olszewski, guys like Switzer, guys like they, they, you know, they've tried different defensive backs who they've thrown back there. Get me a speedster who is going to break loose and make a play, get you like 20, 40 yards some, some on occasion and be a problem. I, I think it needs to be one of those guys. Jeff, where do you stand on who you'd like to see returning the ball for the Steelers this year? Yeah, it's Calvin Austin. I mean, period. Like, that that's my guy. And that's how he breaks into this roster. That's how he gets a helmet. That's how he gets an opportunity maybe to start contributing on offense because he does it on special teams. That gets him into the game, and then you can work him in uh, to what you're doing offensively. But that's the guy that I want to see. And, you know, you could see guys catch punts in practice. Like, if you're at camp and it's – Special teams period and think, okay, I'm going to go grab a Coke or I'm going to go, you know, do whatever. I'm going to go get some mm-hmm. popcorn from the concession. Don't. Like, if you want to find, like, one of the positions that's truly a battle, watch how these guys deal with special teams. When they start putting more pressure on them, when it starts getting real. Um, but I think for me, there's, there's no doubt I want returning kicks. And I, I don't know what kickoffs are going to look like this year. It really seems like there's going to be a lot of fair catches. I mean, the – the advantage of getting the ball in the 25 when most returns you may not get there anyway um, seems like that's a no brainer, but punt returns, man, I mean, we've only seen it a few times in Steeler history. Uh, you know, AB did it for a little bit before he became a, a big time receiver. And then there was that dude who ended up uh, going to Detroit, whose name is escaping me, who had a couple of nice punt returns and, um, mm. The smaller receiver, number eleven, and I. I sorry, I'm spacing on his name. Stephon Logan. Yes, and if I, if we can see that, we can see, uh, you know, Austin become something like that. Again, that gets him in. That's where his priority needs to be right now. I agree. It needs priority needs to be to be there. Also, look out for Jordan Bird. He's another speedster that could be in in, in competition there. Yeah, the walk point. on like that. That's a guy that mm-hmm. they liked. I think it was San Jose State. You know, he was a running back and then they converted him like this mm-hmm. is a guy that um, he's got some speed. But you would think because Austin was a was a draft pick that he's coming off an injury like he's going to get every chance to win that job. I think he will, too. It's going to be interesting to see all the special teams battle. Thanks again to Quinn for our question for our, for our questions here uh, on the Locked on Steelers podcast. And thank you, Jeff, for hopping on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Let people they can find you, follow you and get more of your work. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Hathorn and also at 937thefan.com. Love coverage. We'll see this guy over here. <laughs> if I can point in the right direction. There you go. I'll see you at camp in a couple of weeks. I can't wait, man. It's it's like that time of year. And like I said, when we started, this is the time when we can report everything we see. So I, I, I love this time of year. 
I'm really excited, especially to see all the new parts of the Steelers. Want to see how this offense looks. We'll have all of that leading up to training camp here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Thanks again, Jeff. And thank you all for tuning into the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and threads now, apparently, at Carter Critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com, for all my coverage on Pitt Athletics and on the North Shore Drive podcast, my other podcast that I do with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But every day, Monday through Friday, Lockdown Steelers is right here talking your Pittsburgh Steelers on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We're back tomorrow finishing out the week talking your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 